Good morning. We're glad you're worshiping with us this morning. With the ice storm, driving and even walking is a little tricky. Uh, but what a blessing to be able to worship together electronically. And we really appreciate Kyle and Chris and the people who have made this possible for us to do this. Our worship this morning is finishing up on our series about everyone. So the sermon, the songs, and the thoughts will help us focus on this series of everyone. Be thinking about that. Uh, one of my favorite everyone scriptures that I'd like to share this morning is Matthew 5, 14 and 15. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Uh, I was reminded this week of one of my favorite quotes by Thomas Edison. Uh, some of you lost electricity this weekend and lost your lights physically. Uh, the light bulb's a remarkable story, not just getting it to light up, but it took a long time before it could shine consistently and not burn out. Uh, but Thomas Edison realized something important, and he said this, one of my favorite quotes. I did not fail a thousand times. The light bulb was an invention with a thousand steps. I think God knows that. And let's use this morning as we worship to continue our completion in letting the Spirit perfect us as every one of us learns to shine brighter. Think about that as we worship. But we do have one special announcement right now that we're going to show electronically. Happy birthday to Michael.
Good morning, church. This morning's scripture reading is found in Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Good morning, church family. We are, uh, as Don said, glad to have the opportunity to worship together today. We know that uh, this has been a more familiar look than any of us intended for, uh, for it to be this last year, but we're kind of blessed at this point to be able to worship together remotely, uh, to be able to kind of shift quickly and and be flexible in our Sunday morning arrangement. Um, We're going to continue our our series, Everyone, this week, uh, but I want to go ahead and take a moment before we begin our sermon uh, to pray for Sean Jones and for his family. Uh, We received a message this morning from Nancy. Uh, She says uh, to pray for uh, Kathleen, who is in decline. This is Sean's mom. Um, and also to pray for safe driving for Brittany and for Chelsea, uh, who are getting ready to drive out that direction from uh, Seattle and Clackamas, and of course with the weather and the road conditions the way it is right now, we, we want to make sure that we're praying for them and for their safety, um, and also for, uh, for a peaceful transition for Kathleen. Um, so let's, let's go ahead and we'll pray uh, together right now. Our Father in heaven, we, uh, we love you. And we know that we are loved by you. Uh, Father, we we take great comfort in the knowledge that uh, Kathleen has faith in you, uh, that she has a a belief in what will come uh, as a result of that faith. And and Father, um, while we mourn, uh, while we are um, sorrowful because we know that this this loss will be hurt for uh, Sean and Nancy and their family, um, we also celebrate. That, uh, that she will have found rest in you. Uh, we pray for uh, Chelsea and Brittany and for their driving, for their travel. We pray, God, that they are safe 
that they arrive uh, without incident and that uh, that they're able to be there uh, to be a comfort to their father uh, and and God we pray for Sean and for the responsibility he's taken on his shoulders in uh, making decisions for his mother's uh, uh, care here in the last several weeks months uh, even years father uh, we pray for peace for him in all of this and God as we can be comfort to him and to his family we pray that you help us to have our eyes open to that when one of us hurts every one of us uh, hurts with them and we do not mourn like those who have no hope but father we still uh, experience that that sorrow uh, in loss and so father we pray this morning for peace and for comfort it's in Jesus name amen want to encourage you to continue to pray for Sean and for his family in, uh, in the coming days. It's a, a difficult transition to be going through, and so I uh, ask for you to continue to pray. We have been looking over the last several weeks, uh, really back to the beginning of January, at the ideas of everyone as they are uh, expressed in Scripture. And we, we looked first at uh, the Gospel of John, and we talked about a number of uh, ideas that are expressed in the ending chapter of that gospel. The first is this, that everyone needs to be fed. You know, Jesus feeds the disciples with the intention of them then feeding others. Uh, He provides for them what it is that they need, and out of that provision, they are then able to go and feed others. We talked about everyone being on mission, that God calls each one of us to a specific Uh, set of tasks, that there are uh, things that we need to be about. And the the key is that not every one of us will be on mission in the same way, but every one of us nonetheless is called to be on mission for the church. And of course, that mission is the kingdom of heaven and and bringing the kingdom of heaven to others so that they might be brought into the kingdom of heaven. We also talked about this idea of everyone being a witness, that the good news we've received is the good news that we should proclaim. And Chuck touched on that last week in his communion thought uh, as he shared with us this idea that we need to know what our gospel is. Why is this our gospel, our good news? Um, We also talked about the idea of everyone being a disciple and what it means to be a disciple. Kyle brought us that message as well. Uh, And then finally, last week we talked about everyone having a one, someone that we have in mind that as we set ourselves about the mission of the kingdom of heaven, as we are acting in the role of disciple, as we are providing a witness to Jesus, we have a specific person in mind that we'd like to share that with, that we we are not uh, shooting scattershot in our attempt to share the gospel, but instead that we are thoughtful and specific in our sharing. And these come from a number of different places. As you see, John chapter 21 covers the first three of those. Matthew chapter 28 covers the idea of everyone being a disciple. Acts chapter 2, we talked about this idea that, uh, yes, Peter had tremendous success with thousands of people, but it was because he knew his audience. And throughout the remainder of the book of Acts, we see people doing the same thing, oftentimes with individuals or small groups. And so we've kind of covered a pretty good chunk of the New Testament over the last several weeks. Um, This morning, I want to talk about what Paul says in regards to how the church will accomplish these things, feeding people, being on mission, being a witness, being a disciple, having a one. And I think that 
the key to this is that everyone needs to be equipped. This morning, uh, our, our scripture reading came from Ephesians chapter 4, and I really want to narrow it down to just a handful of thoughts that we read about in this passage. Uh, I want to draw this back up on the screen here for you. This is uh, verse 11 through 12. It says, He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. To me, this is a very significant little statement that Paul is making here. He's outlining that there are there are people within the church that have been given special position. Not special because they get to lord those position over others, but with a specific calling. Uh, a role that they are to play in the life and work of the church. And I want you to look at these titles. These are, in our minds, big, hefty attributions that are given. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers. These are, these are roles that we often look at and we think of as being uh, tremendously significant in the church, and they are. And Paul explains why they are significant. To equip the saints for the work of ministry. I want you to think about that for just a moment. We are very near uh, to a moment where we're going to be recognizing a couple of new elders. And, and we want to continue that process, of course. We want to always be mindful in looking for individuals who are elders in, in action, uh, who are, are qualified, uh, individuals who will help to reinforce our current elders. I've been thinking a lot about that over the last uh, several weeks, this idea of reinforcement. Um, sometimes we talk about installing elders. We talk about electing elders. I think what we're doing as a congregation is reinforcing our very capable elders uh, with additional very capable elders. And, and what comes of that, when we have men who are dedicated to the work of the church, is that we have them equipping others for the work of the church. And so... I, I want to encourage you this morning to think back on that list of things that we've talked about over the last several weeks and, and really think about how that applies to you specifically. Are you fed? That's a question I want to ask you this morning. Because if you aren't fed, it can be very difficult to feed others. I think Paul would call... Uh, the, the ministers and the elders of the Newburgh Church of Christ to a higher calling and say, feed my sheep. Because I think that that's what Jesus does when he talks to Peter. Feed my sheep so that they will be fed, so that they can feed others. I want to I ask you this morning to consider very carefully, here at the Newburgh Church of Christ, are you fed? Because if not, we want to make sure that you are. And that's on us. That's our responsibility. It's something that the elders and the ministers here at Newburgh are called to do. And if we're not, we want you to tell us. Because we want you to be fed. I want to ask you again, I'm going to flip back to uh, the slide for the previous weeks. Have we helped you beyond mission? Have we encouraged you 
in a particular direction? Have we made sure that you know what the mission of the church is? If we have, that's fantastic. But if we haven't, let us know. Ask us to help you find the mission of the church. Have we helped you grow in your witness? Sometimes the best way that we can help an individual grow in their witness is to talk to them about the story of their faith. Uh, I've had several individuals tell me, I want to be a witness, but I don't know how to tell my story. I don't, I don't know what story I would tell. And sometimes that's only uncovered in deep, meaningful discussion with people who are, are helping to nurture you spiritually to see the ways in which God has worked in your life throughout the years so that you might provide a testimony, a witness to the good work of God in your life. If you don't know what your witness, what your testimony is, I want to encourage you. Ask us to help you with that. Have you been made a disciple? Not just a believer. Belief is important. It is good. It is necessary for our salvation. But discipleship comes after belief. It's commingled there. There's a lot that happens between these two. But the, the truth is, discipleship doesn't stop at the moment of belief. It continues on well beyond the moment that you say, I know this to be true and I believe it, there has to be some action that comes after that. And we hope that here at the Newburgh Church of Christ, we have fostered in you belief in the truth of the gospel, but we also want to make sure that you have been made a disciple. And if you don't know what that looks like, if you don't know how you personally can be a disciple, approach our elders, approach our ministers, Talk to Kyle and I. Talk to uh, Don and Jim and Greg and ask them, help me grow in my discipleship. And maybe, maybe all of that holds true, but you're struggling to find a way to narrow down to a one. Someone outside of the church that you desire deeply and desperately to share the gospel with. Maybe you're concerned about how to approach that individual. What, what will you tell them, not just about what we do here at Newburgh, but about the big picture of God's kingdom? Maybe you need some help and growth in that direction. If you don't know how to approach a one, the person that you have in mind as you evangelize our world, ask us for guidance ask our elders specifically for guidance. Because Paul tells us that this is one of the reasons that we exist, that our, our shepherds and our teachers and our evangelists and our prophets and our apostles, why they exist. Why was Paul called to the ministry he was called to? Not just to make converts, but to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Are you equipped I want to challenge those of us that have one of these roles within the church to deeply consider how we are helping to equip the saints so that they might minister to everyone where we ourselves may not be able to. We're called to make sure that everyone in the church is equipped. And we're called then to send everyone out 
to minister to everyone. And if we don't fulfill those roles, we want to know how we can. We want to be encouraged by you to be your minister, your elder. I want to ask you this morning, in the same way that if you think about someone that you could feed within the church, an individual who is a part of the body of Christ, do you have someone in mind that as you think about, I have more to give than I need? spiritually, emotionally, uh, in, in my growth as a Christian, how can I feed someone else so that they might arrive where I'm at now? As you, as you think about an individual who is your one that you will share the gospel with, and you, you put to name uh, that, that abstract idea, you give them a face, and you, you help to understand how you will shape your message for them. I'd ask you this morning, Can you name the person who is equipping you? Do you have in mind your elder? All of the elders of our church are your elders, obviously. We all know that. That's an important and significant realization that we should all have. But which of your elders do you have the relationship with to go and ask them, help me learn to feed someone. Help me learn to be a disciple. Help me learn to share my testimony, to offer a witness. It's good to have an abstract concept of our elders, but it's important for you to know who your elder is. Who is it in our church that takes you under their wing and shepherds you? I know for me, I can... I can look at our elders and I can identify the ones that have had a very specific and and shaping role for me over the last year and a half. All of our elders have played a significant role, I think, in both Kyle and I in helping us develop as ministers and grow. And I look forward to continuing to see that. But it's important for each of us to be able to say, I have, have the elder that I can go to that I trust. That this is, this is the one that I am closest to. That's not to say that the other elders aren't significant and that they won't play an important role in your life and that they won't be trustworthy shepherds and guides for you. But who is your elder? Who is your shepherd? Who is equipping you for the work of ministry? Because if we're, if we're called to all of these things and we're unequipped for them, then we're never going to be particularly effective at doing any of them. I believe we have good, faithful, strong in their faith men to shepherd us. And sometimes the difficulty is not necessarily in their desire to shepherd, but in their ability to identify the individuals who most need the shepherding. And sometimes that's because we don't We don't share as much with our elders as we should. Sometimes we don't tell them what's going on in our lives and they don't know what to pray for. They don't know how to guide us. They don't know how to provide for us the things that we need because we don't communicate our needs to them. And this is something I was told many years ago, that when we don't share our need with those who have the ability to see to those needs, we are depriving them the blessing of being the person that God called them to be. 
See, I sometimes get a, a prideful attitude about myself where, you know, well, I, I pray for other people. I don't necessarily need to ask them to pray for me. Um, I, I have to admit that is a, a difficult thing for me to do oftentimes, to be transparent about the areas in which I need prayer. And I have a select few people that I'll, I'll take those concerns and needs to, but I'm not often good about being wide open with just how great my need is. And as a result, I think I sometimes deprive people that God has placed in my life of the blessing of being who it is that God has called them to be. And so when I ask you, who is your elder? This is, this is my call to you, my challenge to you this morning. Do not deprive your elders of the opportunity to be the elders that God has called them to be. Be open and transparent with them. Ask them for their guidance. Ask them for their wisdom. Ask them to be your shepherd. And for our elders, new elders, soon to be, existing elders, I want to encourage you this morning. Do not be afraid of the approach of individuals coming to you with their their needs and cares, and do not be afraid that you have not been equipped for this role, because I believe that God has called our elders to this role, and that they are equipped for the work of ministry so that they can equip others for the work of ministry. I believe that Don and Greg and Jim and the soon-to-be two other guys have been equipped for this role so that they can equip us for the work of ministry. There are a lot of things that our elders are called to do, and sometimes it's not the most glamorous or fun job. Uh, oftentimes, elders' meetings are, are not the most exciting opportunity that we have, but the thing that our elders, I believe, are in full agreement on is that the most important work that we ever do in an elders' meeting is praying for the body of Christ. In, in lifting up those who are a part of the congregation so that they might be blessed by the work of God in their lives, so that we might have insight and wisdom as ministers and elders into what God is doing in their lives. And so uh, I want to tell you this. I, I believe fully that our elders feel the call to minister to you. Give them the opportunity to fulfill that call. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, you are good and faithful. You have given us men uh, who are fantastic elders, who love and care for your body, who long desperately to see each of us grow into the maturity that you have called us to in the body of Christ, to be men and women of deep, profound faith in you, who minister to our world, who share the love of Christ with those that they encounter, who feed your church, God, help us, help us to encourage them and support them in that work by being, being open to them. Help us to lean into what Paul tells us is, is the truth of who our shepherds are, that they are men who are called to equip us, to help us grow, to help us be more like Jesus each day. And Father, I pray a blessing on, on uh, Don and Jim and Greg. And God, I, I pray for 
uh, the elders that we are about to, to see uh, brought into um, the leadership within this church. And I pray for them, and I pray for their families, and I pray for their wives, and I pray for their children. And I pray for the work that you have prepared for them. Help us to support them in that work. Help us to love them well. Help us to be uh, the kind of flock that yields so that we might accomplish great things in your name. We love your son. We love, uh, we love him so deeply. We are so committed to him. And because we believe our elders are committed to him as well, help us to be committed to them in their work. It's all this that we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, uh, the invitation I offer you is simply this. Figure out who your elder is. Encourage them this week. Share with them the things that are going on in your life. Ask them for for their prayers. Ask them for their wisdom. Uh, If you are hurting or struggling, do not hesitate to reach out to the evangelists and shepherds and teachers and prophets and apostles within our congregation and ask them for wisdom and guidance so that you might be equipped for the work of ministry. Let's continue our worship this morning.
Good morning. This morning I want to keep our minds focused on the reason why we partake of the communion. And I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, towards the end of the chapter. Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. So this morning as we are gathered around the Lord's table, uh, I pray that you might focus on him, uh, put everything in your hearts aside right now and think solely on him and his death and what his death means uh, so that we might have salvation with him eternally and if you are not right in your head if things aren't uh, at peace I would say don't partake of it or you are uh, bringing judgment on yourself let's pray for the cup our Father in heaven, God, I pray this morning, uh, whether we're here at the building or in our homes, dispersed or across the world, uh, that we are unified in heart, we're unified in mind, and that we're just thinking about you and the sacrifice you gave of your son on the cross. Please bless this bread and help us to remember that death on the cross for us. Uh, so that we might have eternal salvation with you. Bless the bread. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Likewise, with the fruit of the vine, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and with given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That sounds like a big deal. Uh, proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. As Christians, that's what we're called to do, to be disciples uh, and tell people that we believe in Jesus. And by this act that we're doing right now, we're proclaiming the Lord's death. So. Uh, bow with me as we pray for the fruit of the vine. Dear Lord, I pray that you be with this fruit. Help us all to take it in a worthy manner. Help us to love. Help us to uh, gain wisdom from reading your word. And Father, uh, help us to be Jesus to every single person that we come into contact with, with the things that we say and the things that we do. We love you and we're so grateful for the sacrifice uh, that you made on our behalf. Uh, thank you for that, and thank you for 
the love that we have in this world. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. I just have a quick announcement before Don steps in and closes us out. Chris has been talking a lot about finding your one, this idea that we are called to make disciples, and the best way to start is to pick one person to invest in and to share your faith with them. Well, I want to share about something that's been on my heart for a little while, something that I am excited about starting um, I'm really looking forward to starting a more formalized program, if you will, of a teen mentorship thing through our church. Uh, research shows that when teenagers have more than one adult in their life, the more adults, the better, that the, the odds of them 
growing in their faith through high school and into college and into adulthood is a lot more successful. So what I plan to do uh, to introduce this here is to do about a four-week or so Zoom class on how to understand and mentor teens. And ultimately, the goal that I have is to try to partner some of the adults in our congregation who are willing to invest in our teens with some of our own youth, uh, part of the youth group, so that they have other people other than uh, their parents or guardians or even me to look to for growth. And so if this is something that you would be interested in, please send me an email. Uh, you can find my email on our website, or you can reach out to me through Facebook. Whatever way is best, um, get a hold of me. But I want to start with equipping anyone who's interested in how to approach teenagers and what kind of things you should talk about with them and, um, and basically just how to get to know them better. I know that as an adult, uh, a lot of times we have anxiety when it comes to trying to connect with younger people because of the, just the, the disconnect in age. And so I want to help um, guide you and equip you in that. So if you're interested in that, please reach out to me and let me know. But in, in a few weeks or so, perhaps a month, uh, we'll start some kind of Zoom class just to talk about these kind of things. But reach out to me if you're interested, and I'll make sure you're a part of that. I'm going to go ahead and pass it off to Don now, and he'll close us out. What a blessing. What a blessing to have been able to hear that uh, very thought-provoking message uh, and challenging message. Um, we are praying and trying to grow as a church and as a leadership team uh, and trying to figure out how, how we can live this out. But I do want to announce for sure this morning that uh, we want to thank everyone in this Everyone series. We want to thank everyone for their help with our recent search for new elders. And I want to let you know that the response for Brian and Sean has been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, what a blessing. And after much prayer and much thought and much study, uh, the leadership team is very excited to announce that next Sunday morning, uh, Sean Jones and Brian Quint will be uh, appointed to join us as elders of the Newburgh Church of Christ. So we're very happy to be able to make that announcement this morning, and we're looking forward next week. Uh, hopefully, we will all be able to be here and uh, appoint them as elders. But we do really ask that you continue to pray for them and pray for our whole leadership team and our whole church, all our ministry leaders uh, and everyone in this congregation, that we can all grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. I want to close this out with a prayer. Uh, and let's everyone pray together as we close. Lord God, we are so grateful that we can be a church. Uh, when we're all together, we're here as a church. When we're electronic, we are a church. Jesus died for this body, and we are so grateful for that. Jesus' blood cleanses us as a body, and we are so grateful 
for that. Help us learn to equip each other, to feed each other. Help us learn to take the equipment that's there and use it, and to take the food that's there and grow in the spirit and in grace with you. Um, Lord, help us to witness, help us to disciple, help us to find one that we can reach out to for you. Lord, we do have some prayer thoughts this morning. We really do want to ask your blessing on Sean and Nancy and their family. Uh, This is just a a tough time. Uh, And we pray that their transition uh, will be led by you and by your spirit. Uh, Lord, we do want to pray for Sean and Brian as they uh, take on a new role with this congregation and help them to grow in grace and the spirit. Uh, Lord, we're grateful that uh, Corey and Dave uh, have jobs, and we appreciate your help with that. Uh, We still continue to pray for the Rockwells as you prepare them for their mission trip to Buenos Aires, and we pray that that'll continue. Uh, Lord, we have a number of our members who are having uh, challenges with health, and we pray that you'll keep their spirits strong. Uh, We pray that you'll help them physically, Uh, but we just pray that you'll be with them and with the families. Uh, We want to pray for our schools, that the right decisions will be made uh, for our students and for our uh, kids and our children. And we just want to close by thanking you that the word everyone means something different to us because we're Christians, because of what your son has done for us. And we give you all the glory and we give your son Jesus all the glory. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.